you know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Drunk or Delirious. We're your hosts, Hannah and Emily. And this week we have a very special guest, one of my friends, a nursepreneur, fellow traveler, <laughs> um, well, used to be <laughs> uh, my friend Kylie and the person that runs the um, amazing Instagram account, Passports and Preemies. Hi welcome. guys. Thanks for having me. We're of so course. excited to have you. We can finally make this work. This is going to be so great. I know. I, um, I'm excited to be here. We um, are so happy to have you, and we usually start by just having you give a little um, rundown of who you are. All right. So I'm Kylie. I run the account Passports and Premies on Instagram and also the website PassportsandPremies.com. I actually uh, met Emily when I was a travel nurse. I did travel nursing in the NICU for five years, and I most recently went staff in Chicago uh, back in September. So that's been a little bit of an adjustment. So I'm kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, trying to adjust to a more stable lifestyle right now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's so different for you. I did not realize that you went staff. I I didn't either. What made you go staff? So it kind of got to the point where like I was dreading starting over time and time again. And that yeah. was something that I actually really loved about travel nursing when I started. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was so exciting to like move to a new city and meet new friends and like be the new person on the unit. And then probably the last year of travel nursing, I like just started to dread that stuff. And I just craved more of a community, even like outside of the hospital. Like one of my main goals was to move to Chicago and have enough friends to go to brunch on Saturday. Like like stuff like that. Yeah. Simple things. Yeah. Yeah. But I miss traveling all the time. It's like been a hard adjustment for sure. It is hard. I went staff um, for four months uh, recently. And um, it was basically a really shitty paying travel assignment. Okay. Wow. Yes. A thousand percent. I've just hit five months and I have, I've actually talked to my managers about that. Like, I feel like a traveler that's not paid well and like there needs to be a change or else like something has to change, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just so bad everywhere. They just need to pay us. I know. That's it. We would deal with so much more nonsense if we were compensated well. Okay. We just, I just got this email about um, incentive pay because we're incentivized to pick up extra shifts and it's not working anymore because people are burned out and then now no one's picking up shifts. And I'm like, yeah, do you realize if you raise the pay, people wouldn't be leaving and then you wouldn't have to offer incentive to pick up extra because people wouldn't leave. And then your cost would be lower because you wouldn't be incentivizing 
people to stay. If that it makes really sense. makes no sense. Yeah. Well, and I just started um, a travel contract in addition to my full time job because I'm an insane person. But the rates are so <laughs> crazy that I was like, I can't not do this. And it's totally. just like 30 minutes from my house. So I go there and like it's a, it is cush. It is yeah. um, a level two. There are maximum like three to four babies on this unit. I had one baby all night. <laughs> for the last mm-hmm. three nights that I worked yeah. and he's on room air, just bottle feeding every three hours. And I was like, what in the world? Why? And they just had like five night shifters quit. And I was like, yeah. what the hell? This is like the most cush thing I've ever done. I know. Um, I know. And they left because of like, um, some people are changing career, but also like scheduling. They like weren't mm-hmm. happy with it. I'm not, I haven't really gotten a full rundown of it. But then they're hiring on, they hired on like five travelers. And I'm like, you know how expensive that is? Like, why are you not paying people more? This makes no sense. So the travelers, because obviously being a traveler myself, we have travelers too. And I, one of the first things I've done, like when I found out we just hired a ton of travelers was get on agency websites and look how much the rate was. And they're making sig- one and a half times more in one week than staff nurses make in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So let that sink in. Yeah. It's like, and I, and like Insanity. just recently being staff, like I stopped being staff at Children's um, in July. And so I, I get it. Like I get all of their like qualms and stressors and then coming in as a traveler and getting paid when I'm getting paid. I'm just like, Ooh, I'm really yeah. sorry, but like, you should probably do this too. <laughs> totally. I'm like, yeah. Why, yeah. Like no wonder people are quitting to be travel nurses. Like, yeah. So it's, I quit yeah, at the wrong time. To. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's exactly totally. how I felt. Maybe you'll go back to it. Yeah, yeah. Local contracts I mean, or something. Totally. Yeah. It's you can never totally say locals. never. Never say never. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so funny. Um, well, I'll get started with our icebreaker too. Um, so <laughs> we do a would you rather like a different version for like every guest that we have on. So this is gonna okay, be another that. would you rather Nikki edition. Okay. And great. both of these things are gonna be gloveless. There are no gloves around okay. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I already like this. Would you rather clean out an isolate that a baby has just ass blasted all over? Okay. Or would you rather have to like dry and stimulate and you know resuscitate a child with your bare hand, a fresh baby with your I bare knew hand. I knew that's where you were going. Um, oh, I think that I would rather number two, stimulate a baby that just came out without a glove. Oh. What would you pick? Oh, you're going for it. I'm going for I it. Know. I don't know. It's actually really, it's hard because I mean they're both bodily fluids that you're touching. Right. Right. Um, the other one has just recently come out of the vagina. So- okay. Also, I want to take it back because if you're cleaning, okay, are you cleaning the isolate with your bare hand or like do you have a? a- I guess you have a, like a wipe. You have okay. You have so a number wipe. one. Like, it's not number one. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, think just I, know, I take it back. <laughs> oh. I was like, ooh, that verdicts. You're like, I was not expecting that. Okay. I can't with the cheese. Uh, I no. can't with the cheese. That's so, oh, that so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, 
I love it. They're so fun. fun. Um, Okay. So you kind of already talked about this. You've been a travel nurse for five years. Mm -hmm. Um, Where all have you been? So I started, so I was a staff nurse in Kansas City, and my first assignment took me to Omaha, Nebraska, which was actually very underrated. I think that people flocked to the coast, but the Midwest like treats you so well. The people are so nice. So if you're like a new travel nurse looking to like jump in head first, but you're a little bit weary, I would recommend like the Midwest for sure. Um, then I headed to Santa Barbara, California. Phoenix, Austin, Seattle, Boston, Seattle, San Francisco. That's With a awesome. lot of breaks in between. Yeah. And then I yeah, met I went to Boston. some of those places. Yeah. Did you? We were probably at the same place in Santa Barbara too. Cottage. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Did you like it there? Um, we can cut it out too. <laughs> no. If, okay, if, we can if, cut it out. If there's anything like specific. Um, no, don't cut it out. I didn't like it. Did really? You like oh my god, it was my favorite. What year were you there? <laughs> um, I was there. It was right when the pandemic hit. Yeah, twenty twenty. Mm. I stayed for six months. Okay, we'll have yeah. to chat about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really liked <laughs> sure. some of the people I worked with on night shift, but I found that um, the nurses were there's no turnover because they have a yeah. really cush job. I think. Um, so the nurses that were on days had been there forever and it was kind of difficult to like break into that in a way. Um, like I remember they'd come on at 7am and I would want to give report, but they would be talking and like, would it come get report to like 730? Even if I'd be like, can I please give you a report? They would say no, not till 730. What? So I wonder if some things changed because this was back in 2017. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't have that experience, but. Um, and I definitely cush yeah. there. Definitely no totally. turnover. And at the um, time, um, nurses were not allowed to suction babies. Is that was that still true when you were there? <laughs> okay, see, things have changed. It was weird when I was there. Yeah, oh that's really the, RT, the RT had to do it. That's so weird. I liked yeah. it. Um, I liked it a lot, but uh, I thought it was weird though because uh, to go to day shift, you had to work nights for fifteen years. I'm right. sorry, what? That was right. That's crazy. Like who who would do that? I mean, unless you're like one of those steady night people, of course there oh are some God. of those people, but and God I bless would never. those people. Yeah. Like I want more of those people so that I don't have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with oh my you. gosh. Yeah. But anyways. Oh, that's wild. That's cool. <laughs> it is wild. Um, what was your favorite favorite? What was your favorite? Um I guess, location and your favorite assignment. Okay. I love this question. And I love that you did two parts because I always answer in two parts. So my favorite location (laughs) was Santa Barbara. Like how could you not love like living on the beach and then you have wine country and then state street, which is so cute. Mm -hmm. And it was just like a vacation for three months. Um, But my all time favorite hospital that I worked at was 100 and 10% Seattle children's like I knew they just say, yeah. know how to treat travelers. It's insane. Like I feel like every hospital should take a page from their book because they get the best travelers and they like retain them and they know how to treat them. And it's just a really like cool place to work. And I learned more there than I learned in like four years as a nurse. So I loved wow. it there. 
Yeah. That's That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. I want to go there. (laughs) Yes. I I wish that Evergreen up in Seattle. Okay. Or Kirkland. Yeah. 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 Yes. I I would definitely go there. Seattle is like, I mean, it's also just an amazing city. Like, it's a really special place to be a traveler. I mean, you know that if you were at, yeah. Oh, that yeah, so was my favorite. Favorite. Yeah, that was my favorite location. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Oh my gosh, I need to get there. Yes, you do. Yeah, I'm just like convincing my fiance that we're gonna. We're oh, gonna become a travel couple. It. Yeah. Yeah. Is he open to it? If he can like work, he works from home right now, so okay. he can like you know, have them be okay with him doing stuff remotely. Like, yeah. 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 So I feel like um, that's like the ultimate goal. Yeah. is like being a travel couple. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Hannah was that for a while. I know. I had that good life. Yeah. Yeah. I met my boyfriend in Seattle. Okay. Okay. He traveled with me for like two years um, and he was able to work from home. So it was amazing. Um, But now he is back in school in Pittsburgh. So um, that's why I went back to staff. Okay. But yeah, I can't. So so I'm like in between Philly and Pittsburgh now, but still trying to like travel, but it's just a different. Yeah, you know, way of doing totally. it. Totally, yes, totally. We had it pretty good for a while. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure yeah. it was fun. Yeah, you should I, do it. Um, I know mm-hmm. <laughs> we're working on it. Um, I, think I need we, to meet someone to do it too. Then I'll do it. Yes, yeah, yes. Oh my gosh, it's so um, it it makes such a difference too to have um you know someone with you when you travel. Mm-hmm. Like when I was traveling, I was with my friend um Val, and then. And then I met, I mean, I think, yeah, I knew, I knew Dan when we were in Boston. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's why I was on the East coast for so long, but it makes such a difference to have someone to travel with and do stuff with. Uh-huh. And I, I feel, think yeah. like, I, I don't, I do think traveling alone is really special and I loved it for years, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just hit that point where I'm like, started to get like jealous of my friends that have like really put down roots in new cities and have like these big friend groups and I'm like just alone a lot and that's okay but it yeah it started to kind of eat at me but now I'm like well if I met someone I could do it totally again totally (laughs) no that's fair that's super fair and I feel like um I even started to feel that even if having I had a friend group but it was more so like I don't know. They like I was creeping into their lives of their like normalcy and everything where I was totally. just like anyone. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I don't know. Not having roots was it is really nice. I will say I do like love that we have a house and a dog and like all the mm-hmm. things, but we don't have any kids yet, so we yeah. have uh the capability to do this. But yeah, I feel yet. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, so I feel like you are literally the queen of maximizing. I'm like, what are you going to say? (laughs) (laughs) Maximizing the travel nursing experience because of like how many trips you take and all of the things. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, how the hell do you do it? (laughs) So I feel like I learned pretty early on, like, to me, so I am a person that feels burnt out 
a lot and easily. And I learned pretty quickly that like, if I take time away from the bedside and like do what fills my cup up, which is traveling, then I can be a better nurse. And so now I really try to harp on like, everyone needs to like step away from the bedside, like maximize your time off of work and Mm -hmm. do what makes them feel good to the point where they can return and be a better nurse. Um, So I, in 2017, after I finished my travel nurse assignment in Omaha, before I went to California, I went to North Macedonia and I was a volunteer nurse in the Children's Hospital Skopje in Skopje, Macedonia. Um, Yeah, it was a really interesting experience to say the least. Um, They had me there because they had the highest death rate of neonates in all of Europe. So yeah, there was a lot of death. Um, Macedonia. Yeah. It's in Europe? I don't even yeah, know. It's know. Above, <laughs> it's above Greece. Um, okay. And oh. it uh, touches like Greece and Albania, Kosovo, the, so okay, Eastern okay, Europe. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, part uh-huh. of the Baltics or the Balkans, one of those. Um, <laughs> and... This isn't a geography lesson. I know. I'm like, darn it. I should know this. Um, So I really, okay. So I was working there. Like I wasn't a bedside nurse. I was helping the nurses like learn basic principles, like hand hygiene and teaching them how to use like a UVC line and different equipment that they had gotten into the hospital. Um, And I was working five days a week. Um, which is different than a traditional nursing role of three days a week. But on the weekends, I was traveling solo to different countries around Europe. And I just learned that like, although I was spending more time at the hospital, I felt so much better because of these weekend trips I was taking. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, when I got back to the US and I went back to travel nursing, I was like, well, why don't I just, between my 13-week contracts, why don't I just make it a priority to um, leave the bedside for a prolonged period of time? So every single assignment, I would save as much as I could and then buy a one-way ticket abroad and then be gone for as long as I could afford. And then I'd come back and take another assignment. And I know it was awesome. Like it was, I feel like you look back and you're like, I can't believe I did that because now I'm like, I don't even know if now I would do that. Um, But my longest trip ended up being um, 17 weeks through Europe and Southeast Asia. And it was truly like a transformative experience. Like I could probably cry talking about it right now. It was so great. Yes. When was that? Between what assignment was that? Um, That was between... Okay, that was my first time in Seattle in 2018, um, and then but until Boston. So I was there 2018 okay. to 2019, and then I went to Boston. I was yeah. gonna say I remember that, like that talking right about then. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Uh, Kylie so and I started cool. on the same day. Um, we did. Hospital. And but they didn't tell us anything. They were like, just show up to the unit. And we were like, okay, <laughs> like what? Okay. I don't know if I were, if I told you this either, but my second day there, I was still orienting and this, and they had a different way of giving report and you guys are travelers. So you all know, no two places give report the same way. 
And people like dog on travelers for fumbling through that a little bit, I think, but it's, it can be really difficult to like know what, what nurses want to hear. Right. Yeah. Very specific. My second day in Boston, this older nurse looks me dead in the eyes and I like messed up. I said the labs before something she wanted me to say. And she was like, if you do not learn how to give report correctly, nobody here is going to like you and you're not going to make any friends. <laughs> and my preceptor had walked out and I was so like, savage. Uh, savage. Okay. Like, yeah, it was savage. Oh my God. Was, I think that that's a, a pretty good, I think that's a pretty good representation like of that unit. Um, also. 100,000% very aggressive. Like I yeah, did not I, like it. I let. No. I was like, I have extended everywhere I've been, but I am not extending here. I hate this place. One that time, sucks. I went into the break room and I said, like, I blatantly asked the two people in there a question, and they both looked at me, and then they just kept eating and did not answer. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, like at this point, it's comical. Like my feelings aren't hurt anymore. Like you guys are not very nice they just weren't nice they were not nice at all I don't even remember like the little things that happened to me (sighs) or like I remember a lot (laughs) I will there's one one specific incident that I remember that I had like printed out a calendar to like do my uh, meal prepping um and like left it on the counter to go like into the patient's room or something and I came out and a group of them were like looking at it and like laughing and making oh, fun I'm of not it surprised. That's so and rude. I walked it back and I was like yeah that's mine like what is oh my gosh oh my that's gosh wait. <laughs> when okay I still talk about this to this day when I showed up there, one nurse, and it was always like the older nurses, but one of the nurses looked at me after I said I was from Nebraska. And mind you, I had just gotten back from this 17-week trip basically around the world. And she looks at me and she goes, wow, Nebraska. Okay. So this is your first time seeing the ocean. Oh. I was like, yeah, yes. What? I came to Quite Massachusetts of all places to see the ocean for the first time. Yes. Oh my god! Wow, these people sound miserable. I wonder they what were, the problem were. was. Like, why were they all so terrible? I think they're. I think I, everything I relate to pay. I'm like they must have been not getting paid well. I'm sure they. I want to say. I remember talking to one of the nurses, and I think they made like thirty-seven. Yes, yeah. that's pretty good. Actually, I mean, not and, terrible. But for yeah, Boston, Pittsburgh, not for yeah. Boston, I feel like. And did you know parking? Did you park there? It was like thirty dollars a day. I didn't. I walked. Oh my god! In the parking lot, yeah. It's awful. It was free over or like five dollars overnight, but it was yeah. like fifty dollars for the daytime. It was like crazy. Yeah, that's another thing I remember about that unit. And then like. I also remember uh, this other traveler that was there. I specifically remember like her getting yelled at a lot too. And I just felt like it, she didn't do anything wrong. I just felt like people didn't like her. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Cause we had mm-hmm. two other ones that we like were friends with too. Um, yeah. But they were both great. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> she was um uh, she was interesting. She was very outspoken. And I think that yeah. that was 
something that the, the nurses there didn't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you do have to be careful about how you present yourself yeah. as a traveler. I feel like, um, I don't know. It's not for every personality type. Totally. Really and I think, think like at the end of my travel career, I became outspoken. And yeah, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Kylie, they don't care. Like, stop it. But I couldn't stop it because I was so frustrated, like getting like dealt the crappy hand mm-hmm. every shift, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. also, I was like, okay, I need to quit. Like I got to yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I feel I haven't been at the bedside until now, but for since July. So it was a super nice break. Like I'm yeah. going back now and I'm like, oh, like, well, they're also just like little 32 weekers that have nothing wrong with them. Yeah. I'm like, I just get to feed you all night. And I'm like, this yeah. is great. Yeah, but totally. I was, I was done. Like I yeah. was so burnt out from it. So I yeah. know. I think like yeah. everyone needs to really like, take stock and yeah, like their mental health. And like, if travel nursing is for you, I mean, I would highly recommend it just because of those breaks that you can take in the higher pay. Mm-hmm. But like, if, if it's not for you and like, you're struggling, like just to, you know, like really evaluate what's important in life. And honestly, like you need a paycheck, but is it worth your mental health to right be somewhere that you're not enjoying? Uh, it is. And I think that this last year or last couple of years has really helped everyone realize what is super important to them. And I think that that's why so many nurses are leaving in addition to, you know, burnout and pay, but it's just like, you know, this doesn't fulfill me anymore. And I like, totally. need to find something that does. And that is necessary, honestly. Yeah. Like we're just gonna have much happier people, much happier nurses, and that's what's really important. But um the hospitals don't seem to think so. Yeah. I, I hope we're in the midst of like a nursing revolution. I yeah. hope yeah like, like, like five to ten great, years. Yeah. Like I want totally like I want to look back at this time and be like, okay, finally like we were heard. And like significant change was made mm-hmm, instead right. of like, I feel like people keep throwing a bandaid on the problem. Like, 100%. oh yeah. Like, oh, oh, you want more pay. Okay. We'll just incentivize you to pick up an extra shift or we'll require you to work a call shift instead of being like, right. okay, let's reevaluate. Like, what does that look like if we want to raise everyone's pay two or $3, you know? Um, and same with like, I've heard a lot now that they're trying to hire foreign nurses to come in and work for a fraction of the price that travel nurses are. Okay, great. But mm-hmm. I also still feel like that's putting a Band-Aid on the problem. Like, 100%. Yeah. And, and I don't know where these nurses are coming from, but I would argue, having looked into nursing abroad myself, that nurses in the U.S. function a lot differently than nurses in Europe. I'm not saying Canada or Australia necessarily, but I know in Europe nurses function different than in America. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, where are these nurses coming from? How are they trained? Like, mm-hmm. do we want, if your loved one is in the hospital, like, how do you deal with that? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. All to save a few bucks. Like, okay. Or you could just pay everyone better. Right. These doesn't... CEOs don't need to be making the money that they're making. Yeah. No, it's, it's outrageous. <laughs> right. And, and like this whole, like people are leaving to become travel nurses thing. Amazing. But there's like a lot of perks to staff nursing 
mm-hmm. that if the pay was more, people would stay. Like there's a lot of perks to it. Like you're if you're invested in the company and like your health insurance and just stability mm-hmm. and yeah. getting knowing everyone and being treated a little bit better. Like there are perks to staying. You just need to like raise the yeah. Yeah. Money. I would have yeah. stayed at my job in Pittsburgh yeah. if they paid me more. It was 100% about the money. You think totally. I want to be driving 10 hours every yeah. every week? Like, yeah, yeah. No, no. but no. it's worth it. It is. Like, right. That's where so, yeah, I'm there right now, right. too. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit more about your nursing abroad. Like, I, that's just, okay. I think that's something that I know. I'm like, tell me everything about, about it because yeah. I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's really unique. So I, um, Okay, so I became a travel nurse when I went through like this awful breakup and I was just like, I am getting out of here. Like I did not put much thought behind it. I had no energy to think about it. I just did it. And I was like, while I was do like searching for travel nursing things, I was also searching for like how to be a nurse abroad. So I was kind of sim- simultaneously doing both of those things. And then when I got my first travel nurse contract, I had gotten a phone call from Project Hope and I had applied for this nursing job on their website, a volunteer job. Um, So that's like, that's how I started looking into things like that. And then, so Project Hope sent me to North Macedonia and there was a lot that was kind of it was overall the best experience and I would do it again and I would recommend it, but there's a lot that was wrong with it. Like I was the first and only volunteer there and they didn't tell the nurses I was coming. So I show up with like my liaison and he's like, Oh, Kylie's here and she's going to be evaluating the unit for the next eight weeks. And you know, whatever. And so people like viewed me as the enemy. Like I wasn't the Mm. enemy. I wasn't there to tattle, but people thought that I was like, they thought their jobs were at risk and they were not, that was not my role. Mm. And so that was like really difficult because there were a lot of days where if depending on who was working, people would like, not like me, like would blatantly yell at me, um, would not like, there were some times when nobody on the unit spoke English. So I'd be there for eight to 10 hours, just like not conversing with anyone. Oh, wow. Um, but my primary role was like teaching. So I did a lot of like education on like retinopathy of prematurity, um, thermoregulation, hand washing. Um, and that was interesting. It was also interesting to kind of like just see the differences in nursing. So nurses there don't use stethoscopes. Um, they're not allowed to listen. So the doc, if you think something's wrong, you call the doctor and you say, can you listen for me? And this is 2017. So things what? could have changed. That's like um, the nurse yeah. Kelly thing with the, uh, the doctor's stethoscope. Yes. Yeah, comment, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, they go That's to so nursing crazy. school when they're 14 and they graduate and they're 18. So by the time I got there, I was 28. And I had been a nurse for three years and the people my age had been a nurse for 10 years. So there was also a lack of respect there. Wow. And then um, they, so we had this one kid that coded. I say that with like an asterisk because if it was in the U.S., it would not have been a code. And just, it was interesting the way that they 
deal with that. Like they don't do traditional CPR. Um, they like bang, like bang, like a hammer, but their fist <gasps> on the chest. Yeah. This baby's whole chest is bruised. Then they, what? they actually hammered an ET tube into the nose. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then like, there's no such thing as a DNR. So we had this patient, it, it was sad. It was a 29 weeker who had been on the unit for, um, I think six weeks. I think the baby is 36 weeks, 35 weeks when he, she passed away. Um, but I came in one day and they're just coding. They said they've been coding this kid for hours and this kid's eyes were fixed and dilated. Like there was, it was time to call it, but you, you're not legally allowed to call it there. Like, I don't know at what point you can. So eventually they stopped. It had been like almost eight hours of this code. And then you have to leave the the baby. You have to leave the baby intubated for two hours to make sure they don't come back to life. (laughs) <laughs> um, if this was a video you would see hannah and i, I was just gonna just yeah. dropped like, <laughs> like so dropped. this baby is in an isolate and they don't put cover okay all the babies are on the monitor but they don't put covers over the isolates because then they can't see them so there's no okay. covers allowed on the isolates and this baby is gray 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 intubated like obviously chest rise because the ventilator's breathing but just like eyes open just deceased and there's like families coming and looking and like yeah oh that's terrible i could go on like also moms weren't allowed to breastfeed or give breast milk because it was dirty because they didn't know when they showered like so it was like yeah but like it was It was an amazing experience and I learned a lot from that and I hope that I was able to teach a lot as well, you know, and there were a handful of nurses that really cared and really wanted to do better and like just lacked the education and the supplies. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. That's a crazy experience. Yeah. Um. (laughs) That must have been shocking. Yeah. I feel like, though, I'm sure that made you like the best travel nurse ever, though, because you are put in a situation where you have to adapt to the way that they uh-huh. do things. I mean, yes, you were there to educate, but but yeah. also there's certain things that you weren't going to change, of course. Totally. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's Ooh. true for travel nursing in the U.S. too, on a smaller scale. But Yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, it's all about adapting. And like, I think... Uh, back to like travel nursing I think that an interesting thing on that like adapting is like realizing that like every unit you visit um thinks that like they do things the best way and just like being able to be like okay and like go with the flow and that's how North Macedonia was as well wow wow yeah. That sounds like I would be, yeah, I'd probably shit my pants. <laughs> um, so a volunteer went after me and yeah, like I got a message from her and she was like, not happy that she was there and was like, I think after she left, they stopped the 
program. The program. Okay. Yeah. There's got to be, yeah, I don't know, something different that they could do versus like hammering the nurse come in and observe. I don't know. Like maybe yeah. that. I no, it felt that's... like they needed more of a team of people like and a doctor. Yeah. Like the doctors would, if a kid was like dying, they would look at me and be like, what, what else could we try? But nothing was written in English. So I never even actually knew what was going on. Right. So I'm like, one time I was like, um, have you tried to put the baby prone? But like, I don't even know what's wrong with the baby. I just know that the baby's like dying and nothing's worked and her sats are in the tank. And I don't know. I can't read any of the like Skrillic that's written. So yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. So it was completely volunteer. No, you weren't paid. So I, they paid for Oh, I don't even think they paid for my flight, did they? I can't remember, actually. Uh, um, they might have paid for my flight, but they did pay for housing, for sure. Okay. So, um, but the country was so cheap that it was really easy to do. Like, I, I think I saved um, $4,000, and I was there for eight weeks. And I traveled every weekend to more expensive countries. So, yeah. It was pretty That's easy. Awesome. Yeah. How long were you there for? Um, eight weeks. Eight weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. It was fun. Yeah. What an it's experience. It was an experience. Um, what's your What was your favorite like weekend trip? <gasps> oh, I love that question. Okay, my favorite. So I. Okay, so my first. It wasn't my favorite, but it was really unique. So it was my first ever like true solo trip. And it was a Wednesday night in North Macedonia. And I was like, I should leave. And I hadn't like planned to travel on the weekends at this point, but I was like, I should leave and like, see what it's like. And I booked a flight from Skopje to Munich. And I was like such a novice. And I showed to (laughs) Munich alone in shorts and it was snowing. I I don't know what I don't know what happened there. But it was unique because like I did a lot wrong that trip. But I think the thing that I did right was like just being open to new experiences. So I sat down at dinner and this couple sits down next to me and they we start talking and they were like, "Oh, um do you are you busy tomorrow?" And I was like, "No." And they were like, "Do you want to come? We have um, so you guys know what Oktoberfest is, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a thing in the spring called Springfest, and it's the exact same thing, but according to locals, it's it's better because there's less Americans there to annoy them. <laughs> um, so it's literally Oktoberfest in the spring. So they were like, "Oh, we have a table at a tent." Like, do you want to come with us? And it was like so fun. And I just remember like that was the moment that I was like, okay, if I would have said no or like been scared to do this, like I would probably be sitting at my hotel or at my apartment, like lonely and miserable. But sometimes it like takes it, it pays off to just like be outside of your comfort zone. And that was Mm -hmm. like one of those situations. I remember sitting, like, obviously there's a lot of beer drinking. And I remember sitting, I was sitting by this 16 year old girl from Germany and she's just puking all over. And I'm like, 
wow, <laughs> I know that she like took the train into Munich. And I was just thinking like in America, my mom would never let me get on a train at 16. Like you can't obviously drink at 16. It was just such a, it just opened my eyes to like this whole new world. It was weird. It was, but it was really a blast. Yeah, it was a blast. It was, it was a blast. And I still like have their contact information, this couple, and I still like chat with them here and there. And so I think that's cool too, that it was like a lasting friendship in a, in a way. Wow. So, but my favorite spot was Slovenia. It's really underrated and everyone should go. Um, the capital is called Ljubljana and it's beautiful. So I would recommend there for sure. Oh, so that's fun. fun. Oh my God. Yeah. I want to do all the things. Such a little traveler. I know. It's so impressive. I know. I love it. I mean, if you, I could, I could be on this podcast for hours if we just kept talking about travels. <laughs> I know. And you, you're such a good storyteller too. I know. You are. Yeah. Um, um, I wanted to ask you to. Oh, sorry. Are we going to say? Oh, no. Go for it. Yep. All you. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you how you take your pictures. Oh, um, oh I know the answer. <laughs> I have a tripod and I have, so I have a ca- uh, Canon um, camera and I have a tripod and then my phone is like the Bluetooth. So I get like, I set it up for like a timer and then um, I can like move anywhere and then like press my phone. It will take the photo. Cool. Yeah. I love yeah. the pictures. Thank I you. Know, the pictures are so great. And I would I always wondered at when I first first met you and I was like, she travels by herself. Like how does she like, take how these she pictures? Do? I okay, so I got my so I got my camera before my trip, the 17 week trip to Europe and Southeast Asia in 2018. And my very first I remember using it for the very first time ever. And I woke up like really early in the morning because I didn't want to deal with like people looking at me. Now I I could care less, like whatever, like sure, make fun of me. I don't even, you know, I have the photo. I don't remember you in in a week. And um, I I go out to take photos at this, um, in front of this church. And I forget like this key piece of the camera. So it's a piece that like clips the camera into the tripod. And it's first time using this nice expensive camera and I'm like well I don't want to go back to the hotel and get it so I just like sit it on top of the tripod and hope it doesn't fall over and it didn't fall over but if it did it would have broke the camera like and it was like my very first week abroad like that was not smart but it's interesting to like look back at photos from that time until now because they it's like I've learned so much from that And I remember like anytime I do something that's really overwhelming now or like try to learn something, I always think about that. Like that was really overwhelming to me and it was really hard for me to learn photography. Like that's not really how my brain works. And it's just like practicing a little bit every day. And now I'm like good at it. And I think that can be taken into any part of anyone's life. Like if you're nervous at the bedside or nervous, Mm -hmm. you know, learning a new language, like it's just little steps until finally like you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's cool to have like a hobby like that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. Her pictures are amazing. Um, (laughs) Thanks. My gosh. Uh, What was I going to say? I know we kind of, and we talked about like nurse burnout a bit and like what to do. Um, I think one of my questions that I was thinking about um, was 
so you have your like eight day vacay um oh, and yeah. like you coined that and I love it but if you're did you do that while you were traveling like I mean because not you can't always make your mm-hmm. own schedule so I've learned so now that I've been staff for five months <laughs> I've learned yeah there's fundamental differences in how I treated travel as a travel nurse and as a staff nurse so right as a travel nurse I was not, I was barely traveling during my 13 week assignment. I really would just stay in my city because you're right. You don't make your own schedule. It's, and I wanted to see the city. Like I didn't want to leave for eight days when you only have three months. Um, And then I was taking these large breaks in between contracts and traveling then. But as a staff nurse, obviously like you don't get those large breaks And so, yeah, like I wanted to prioritize. So the eight day vacay came a couple years ago when I was still a traveler as a way to like include all nurses into travel. So now that I'm a staff nurse, I officially did take my first eight day vacay. I just went to France. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the notion is, is like you as a nurse, you can take eight days off from the bedside without taking any PTO. So if you work, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then the next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that gives you about eight days to um, do whatever your heart desires. And I like, I use that time. If I ever have eight days off, I use that time to travel. And so I flew to Paris like on Wednesday and then I came back. Well, my flight actually got canceled. So I came back the following Thursday, Um, but yeah, it was fun. And it was like, kind of exhaust like I didn't realize how exhausting it was but it was worth it for sure yeah I do feel like that when I go and like go 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 every day that I'm off like Uh on a vacation or something I'm so tired when I get back so I feel like I could do like a six-day vacay and then have two days to just sleep at home (laughs) I know I was like gosh, next time I do this, like, right, eight day vacay, but then take one day of PTO when I get back and like Mm -hmm. sleep that day. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, because I feel like I'm, I'm so drained in the best way, but then I'm just like, oh, I have to go back. Oh, when at work. So then I came back and I worked five night shifts in a row. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And I was drinking, like, I found this drink at Starbucks. It's called, I don't know what it's called, but it's, you know, Starbucks, they like name it a fancy thing. It's literally a, two espresso shots and whipped cream. And it's called like the <laughs> panacetiata or something. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was like, every night I would get that and then a coffee for like all five nights. And my coworkers were like, what are you doing? Like, it, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. And then you feel so bad. I was like, there was one day that I cried and I don't even really know why. Like it was unnecessary, but I just felt like overwhelmed. You know, it's that night shift thing. You're overtired. We get it. We get the night shift. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, night shift isn't the greatest, but no. Um no, and I I know I'm and I'm doing it in addition to my daytime right now, and it's it's interesting because Oh, I make, yeah. I don't know how you would do that. I can luckily, like, make my own schedule for the most part. So I can get off and, like, make sure I don't have any, like, visits or anything to do in the morning and just, like, try and nap as long as I can. But, yeah, it's going to be – it's just been one week. So um, we'll see how dead I am at the end of it. But yeah, 
I'm sure you'll be really tired, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be so worth it. It's temporary. Yeah, totally. You can do anything for, what, is it a 13-week contract? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can do anything for 13 weeks. Exactly. Exactly. And and I feel like if I do, if we do start traveling, like, I can be so picky with, you know, what I do. And I wasn't like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's nice to have that perspective. Like, I can only take day shift contracts. I don't Mm -hmm. have to take a night shift contract. And with, like having the experience behind me now more so like when I started traveling I only had like two a little over two years of experience but now with having seven I can be like no a hundred percent oh yeah it's weird because like yeah I left my staff job after like two years and three months and I looking back I'm like I didn't know anything like how did I become a travel nurse like I, I learned so much tra- specifically at Seattle Children's but I learned so much traveling yeah it's an amazing yeah. experience we talk about it all the time too like just how highly we recommend it and that how I feel like a lot of nurses that have only stayed in one spot you know they're really they can be really um have their blinders on and be stuck in their ways. And I think that it opens your eyes so much. So one thing that I have noticed now that I'm staff, um, one thing that bothers me about like, one thing that bothers me is um, when nurses, um, so you have these nurses, I don't, it's hard. Okay. Cause I realize I'm generalizing and this isn't going to be the way for every single nurse, but there's a handful of nurses that have only worked in one place. And then they are the preceptors to these new nurses. And they're telling these nurses things that it's like, this is the end all be all. And if you don't do it like this, like it, and to me, that's completely wrong. And I experienced this and I've seen it firsthand. Like you'll get different preceptors, you know, if if one's sick or whatever, and then your new preceptor will be like, well, why are you doing it that way? Because it's done this way. And it's like, no, like the, the right way to teach somebody and to like, be a, like an, a good nurse is to like, be like, okay, there's a lot of ways to be a good nurse. And this is what we need to do to get there. These might be the wrong ways, but as long as you kind of follow this path, like everything's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. I've, I've seen that a lot firsthand where I am as you have these nurses who have been there in one spot for three years and they're like drilling into people's heads that like, if they don't do it this way, they're wrong. And that's right. not right. Yeah. yeah that's like great. what travel nursing has really taught me. And I'm sure both of you could say the same thing. Yeah, I would agree. And it's hard when you like, I think the only way to do it too is like, if it's in the policy, that's how you should do it. But if there's any kind of like variation to how you get that policy done, then who cares? Mm -hmm. Like as long, you know, I also feel like sometimes I'm like, okay, could I defend this choice? And as long as I could defend the choice, then I'm okay making that decision. And, but that's like, that comes after eight years of experience. That doesn't come after one, two, three years by any means. Right. Totally. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your podcast. And I know you already said it at the beginning, yeah. but we'd love for you to plug um, whatever you want to plug. Um, okay. So yes, I just started a podcast. The third episode aired today. 
Yes. So there's new episodes every Tuesday. It's called uh, Passports and Premies Talks. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and it's just a podcast about travel, nursing, and travel nursing. Um, so you'll get a little bit of everything there, a little bit of travel, a little bit of nursing, and a little bit of travel nursing. Um, and then I, you can find me on my website where I talk about, again, travel and nursing and travel nursing. <laughs> and that is www.passportsandpremies.com. And then obviously like all the social media handles, passports and preemies. And okay. yeah, that's pretty much it. That's uh, awesome. For your podcast, is it just you? Yeah, I'm probably going to want to be interviewing people, but not to, I think that's like second season because I still feel like I'm working out the kinks and it's like makes yeah. me nervous and I'm not there yet, but I want yeah. to probably bring in guests season two. Cool. Yeah, so get ready. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can't to listen. I'm excited. I'd love to have you back anytime too because I feel yeah. like we could really oh, like, do I a mean, full episode on either like transitioning from travel to staff or totally. like mm-hmm. all yeah. the, honestly endless things. But yes. <laughs> I agree with <laughs> that. So fun. Um, that would be so much fun. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks on for having today. me. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, you were such a great guest. This is so much fun. I can't Um, wait to listen to it. (laughs) Yes, we'll let you know when it drops. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and stay tuned for our episode next week. Always dropping on Fridays. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com. <laughs>